This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. Matt, we've got some news to kick off this episode with. Yeah. Uh, have we? Yeah, we yeah, have. We have. <laughs> we have. We have. It's about, um, you know, what we do here. The biggest thing it's going to affect is this, Thrive Perspectives. Yep. Uh, and, you know... Thrive Deeper just chugs along following books of the Bible. It's totally fine. There's no problems <laughs> yeah. in that whatsoever. That is a machine that will never stop. Uh, no, th- so it's affecting this podcast because, and I just want to lay this out, the reason why to begin with, we've got limited resources as far as time and money mm. for the three people involved in Thrive. Mm. You know, Thrive's not generating, you know, uh, much money. Uh, it's barely covering its costs, cost, mm. if that. So we can't, you know, we want to add things to the agenda, mm. but we don't have the money to, you know, to keep doing everything. When we add, we take away. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the point. So what we're going to do is, um, you know, this this podcast, Thrive Perspectives, comes out uh, fortnightly, like Thrive Deeper. Yep. Uh, Thrive Deeper is going to ca- keep coming out fortnightly every other mm-hmm. Friday, but Thrive Perspectives is going to switch to every other other. Yeah, monthly. Yeah, once every four weeks. Yeah. Once every four weeks. So that leaves a Friday free yeah. out of out of the schedule, and we're going to introduce something. So the bad news is we're taking away with one hand, mm. you know, Thrive thrive Perspectives. This podcast is going to be going to become uh, a monthly, uh, mm. you know, every four weeks on a Friday. But on the alternative one, we're introducing not a new podcast, but a video series of very short, bite-sized chunks of basic teaching that we're going to call... Topics. Yeah, topics. Yeah. So covering basic topics of the faith, basic building blocks yeah. uh, of the Christian faith, and some of the, you know, doctrinal positions or, you know, basic sacramental, you know, different mm, yep. things, all different things, you know, yep. that there's a whole bunch of different questions that we get in that we can't sort of fill an entire podcast nah, episode on. That's right. And some of these things that we get asked... I want to explain them visually. Yeah. So we can't do that yeah, on a podcast right. either. So it's exciting news. Yeah, it's great. And and look, it means it means that Thrive Perspectives focus because we've done a bit of a mixture in this, haven't we? Yeah. We've done a mixture of covering off uh, like doctrinal, you yeah. know, theological topics as well as the sort of juicy kind of yeah. uh, bit probably like today. Yeah. Uh, well, well, today's a bit of a mixture even. Uh, but this is this really is uh, Thrive Perspectives is dealing with the. Uh, you know the issues and yes. th- those kind of uh, juicy uh, issue-based yeah. kind of th- and the, and and that's largely from looking uh, at, at you know your you know do you do, you dear listener your responses to when we've asked you what you'd like us to cover, but also looking at the numbers of people who download and listen to the podcasts. Mm. We see that with Thrive Perspectives, what people want us to talk about on Thrive Perspectives is more. The current issues that are yeah. going on, what is happening right now, give us an answer to what is happening. Mm. You know, this is being thrown up on the news or this subject is very, you know, heavy around everyone's, you know, everyone's mm. got opinion. So please talk about that. So we want to move more into that. And if we do that, doing it every two weeks, I think we're going to start treading over mm. the same territory pretty yeah. quickly. So keeping it every four weeks, I'm really happy with this new plan. Yeah. I'm yep. really happy with this new plan. So so keep watching. I, I don't know exactly when it's going to kick in, whether it's this month or next month, mm-hmm. but uh, it is happening. And, um, yeah, keep us in your prayers, gang. Yeah. 
Well, we've got we've got a really great episode of this Thrive Perspectives for you, uh, you know, on this episode that you're listening to, and you've you've seen the title there when you've downloaded it. Who rules the world? Mm. And I know everyone's <laughs> going to be going, oh, that DJ's is conspiracy again. He's put his QAnon on a hat and he's going to talk about some Illuminati. No, 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 we're not going down any territory like that. It's nothing to you're do. You're not that. that bad. No, <laughs> that's high praise coming from Matt. No, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm not interested in any of that at all but it, it's it this is a this is a jo- genuine honest question that I've dealt with in the last few years in my own personal study because over the years growing up you know in different churches different denominations reading a, a wide variety of books and now that we have podcasts and YouTube and everything that we can see teaching from everywhere and I've seen a lot of different teaching around spiritual on the spiritual side on the theological side yeah. who rules the world. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people will tell you that God is ruling the world and Satan is a defeated foe and we are living in victory mm. and we don't have to think about Satan or the enemy at all and off mm. we go. Other people in, you know, different teaching believes that, well, Adam and Eve gave up the, you know, their sovereignty to Satan. Mm-hmm. Satan has ruled the world. He is ruling today. In fact, if you need to do anything in the world today, you sort of need to get Satan's permission or God is like this timid mm. person on the outside going, oh man, I wish I could get into that yeah. earth earth realm there, but Satan's holding it captive on yeah. me. And you've got, you know, and I'm really painting two ends yeah, of the spectrum yeah, yeah. here. And there's every view in between. Yeah. And so it, I reckon it's a really it's a great... It's a very practical topic. I, 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 it's, yeah, I, very pertinent, I, I think. Yeah, well, especially... a lot of this is coming out in the present circumstances. Yes, yes. Um, and the present circumstances, are, as at the moment we're recording this, we usually record a week ahead. We have, as of today, uh, Victoria is in its sixth lockdown. Yeah. Uh, Sydney's in another lockdown. Queensland's in another lockdown all around this. And, and when, you know, lockdowns keep happening and all this type of stuff, there's a lot of talk about who is ruling the world. Where yeah. is this coming from is it some conspiracy theory is it that and i feel like maybe we need to raise you know we can look at what's happening in the earthly realm yeah and that's interesting but maybe the battle is not just against flesh and blood it's mm. against spiritual yeah. things that's so, right and circumstances like this tend to they do tend to bring out the worst of the of uh, of the ideas i guess and um uh but yeah we we want we want ultimately to arrive at a bigger that a big sort of worldview picture that we can move in from yeah uh, i think if we get the big picture right uh you know we can move in from there the, the um the philosopher very prominent probably the most prominent uh philosopher alive uh today uh, wouldn't be i think a stretch to, to say that noam chomsky yes actually has a book called who rules the world oh wow yeah oh, wow. and um uh he he and I guess he um, he's pointing out something that has been pointed out a bit in, in recent decades. And uh, some people might remember something similar, actually. And, and so I'm going to start from a fairly mundane level. Let's start okay. from just an, an an earth level, because this is a this is a question that is being asked at at this kind of at a sort of socio political level. Yes. Okay. Now I'm not I'm not an expert uh, in, in that area, so I'm not going to say a lot. But just to point. Uh, I have read a bit in this area, and just to point to some interesting things that come out of that. Okay. okay. Uh, so, so no, uh, Noam Chomsky uh, uh, says. In fact, I'll I'll read a a summary uh, paragraph uh, written by Noam Chomsky. Uh, by the way, 
as usual, yeah. I'm going to put uh, a little qualifier uh, in here. Please that do. When I quote from books, yeah. as you know, yeah. I cherry pick from all over the place, often from people whose worldview I don't share. Yes. A lot of, you know, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of their views, yes. but uh, uh, not everyone's wrong about everything. Yeah, and e exactly. When you read smart people, you, you, you pick up good things if you read discerningly. And I'm not saying that, ev that everyone should do that, yeah. but that's kind of... Uh, my job to do yeah. that so that's what I mean. I'll go one step further and say dear listener let Matthew you know like let's well, send Matthew yeah. out in the in the astronaut suit out into the darkness yeah. let him find something good and bring it back I'm not interested you know and again especially with you know someone like Noam Chomsky he's a very interesting mind yeah. but you know as a Christian I go well I don't agree with like a lot yeah. of what what he has to say yeah I think he's anyway. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's fine. That discussion yeah. is another. Discussion. Well, I'm just thinking of all the cherries that I picked off yeah. that tree, which, uh, which, 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 and I'm I looking down at the roots. Of the, yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, all right. Uh, he says, when we ask who rules the world, we commonly adopt the standard convention that the actors in world affairs are states, primarily the great powers, and we consider their decisions and the relations among them. Uh, that's not wrong, but we would do well to keep in mind that this level of abstraction can also be highly misleading. States, he says, of course, have complex internal structures and the choices and decisions of the political leadership are heavily influenced by internal concentrations of power. This is very interesting. Wow. Uh, by internal concentrations of power, while the general population is often marginalised. Uh, that is even true for the more democratic societies and obviously for others. We cannot gain a realistic understanding of who rules the world while ignoring the masters of mankind as Adam Smith called them in his day, uh, and Adam Smith is a very famous uh, political uh, philosopher, um, uh, and Ad Adam Smith, as Adam Smith called in his day, Adam Smith's day, the merchants and manufacturers of England, in ours, multinational conglomerates, huge financial institutions, retail emperors, uh, empires, uh, and the like. Okay, so, so you know, his argument is that um, uh, there is... Uh, that, in a sense, corporate like the the power of those that control, you know, the big corporations, uh, they they are in some ways pulling strings, yes. uh, even uh, even with governments. Um, there's a heap more to to of his course. to his argument uh, than that, but uh, I, I make I put out that bit uh, because some uh, just to move to a slightly more popular level, some people may have seen there was an interesting documentary, a very award winning documentary came out, uh, I think uh, probably maybe a couple of decades ago now called The Corporation. It was based on a best selling book called uh, by the same name, uh, The Corporation: The Pathological Pursuit of Profit and Power, and. It's a, it makes a very interesting case, which as a Christian is, is and this is w what I'm going to use to bridge uh, into this topic as we okay. approach this theologically. Yeah. Because this, I mean, this book makes a similar um, uh, a, a similar point. So, and, and I'm just going to read uh, the first paragraph from the first chapter mm -hmm. uh, of this book after the introduction. Uh, uh, so this is written by Joel uh, Bacan. 
Um, over the last 150 years, the corporation has risen from relative obscurity to become the world's dominant economic institution. Today, corporations govern our lives. They determine what we eat, what we watch, what we wear, where we work and what we do. Uh, we are inescapably surrounded by their culture, iconography and ideology. Mm. And like the church and monarchy in other times, they posture as uh, infallible, infallible and omnipotent, glorifying themselves uh, in imposing buildings and elaborate displays. Increasingly, corporations dictate the decisions of their supposed overseers in government and control domains of society once firmly embedded within the public sphere. The corporation's dramatic rise to dominance is one of the remarkable events of modern history, not least because of the institution's inauspicious beginnings. And then he goes on to talk about that. Now, he makes it... And that's by Joel... Uh, Joel Bacan. Okay. Yeah. So he makes he makes an interesting point. He, he goes on to a define a, a corporation. So, um, and, and I'm I'm going to move beyond. I'm just working yeah. at an immediate yeah, no, level. Like We're going to move like on to to yeah. uh, something more theological. Uh, but let me just quickly uh, define, uh, give you a definition of a corporation for those yes. uh, that aren't familiar with this language. So uh, a corporation is a legal entity. Uh, that's separate and distinct from its owners. Okay. So corporations. Uh, enjoy most of the rights and responsibilities that individuals possess. Uh, they can enter uh, they can uh, enter contracts, loan, borrow money, uh, sue, be sued, hire employees, own assets, pay taxes. Uh, it's that they're often in, in, um, in the view of the law, they are in some sense a legal person. Yeah an entity that's right under now, themselves. now, now uh, Joel Bacan asks, says, okay, so these legal persons yeah. that are ruling the world, yeah. what are they like? Yeah. Is this the, and this is, the, this is where question. I'm leading towards the, yeah. the, the theological. What, what, what are these people like? And he basically uses the World Health Organization definition of psychopath yeah, <laughs> this great. Is interesting thing. Great, and and what what are, you know, uh, you know, uh, lacking empathy, you know, any sense mm. of conscience, any, mm. and and he points out that because the thing about a, a corporation is that they have to serve, like, uh, a, so corporations uh, are you know conglomerate of owners who have shares in that yes. corporation, and so if I buy shares in a company, yeah, I trust that that company's exist to make money for me. Yeah. And in fact, legally, that company has. The, that company is not allowed to serve any other end than to serve the benefit, the financial benefit of its shareholders. Yeah. Now, that may include... Um, uh, that may include a certain amount of... Um, uh, uh, what's the word? Like social justice or welfare. That's right. Um, uh, so... Uh, and, but, but it has to show that that... Uh, is still profitable. Yeah, that it's profitable. That that it you know because of public perceptions or mm. you know that that it has a uh, kind of kind face to it or mm. or the, you know people want to support uh, you know corporations that uh, you know help the poor and so so it has to actually show that it's ultimately financial financially beneficial. If it yeah. can't, it's not allowed to do that. So yes. it's it's got to got to be completely profit driven. It's yeah. not allowed to have a contract. Yeah. By, you know by law. Yeah. So the interesting thing about this book is that. You know, he's basically saying the world is being ruled by a psychopath. <laughs> and, and he's uh, talking purely just on a financial, physical 
Yeah, yeah, playing. yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, I mean, it's very. This is very mainstream kind of yeah. stuff. This is not kooky no. uh, kind of doomsday uh, yeah. stuff. Again, it's 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 pretty pretty mainstream. And and the documentary actually, if you if you get hold of the documentary called The Corporation, uh, it goes through the criteria for psych and then psychopath, and then it talks about you know corporations and yes. and. Um, uh, it's got a look. It's got a um, a, as with Noam Chomsky's work. It's yes. it's got a sort of anti, very sort of anti-capitalist yes. uh, kind of skew to it. So yeah. I'm, so it's uh, you know so, so it, it's it's well like anything. Uh, it, it's not neutral. No, it's no. not politically neutral. It, it, it's it's making uh, a point, but it's making an interesting point. And and I think you know the the interesting point is that is one that from a theological point of view should not surprise us yeah and that is that the world system is deeply deeply flawed yeah. <laughs> this is a point that well, we've made i mean we can know, in, in previous podcasts exactly and we can even take that lift it straight from the corporation yeah. and go well is there a spiritual corporation or there are spiritual corporations mm. you know struggling for the rule of the world or what spiritual corporation because mm. a lot of times as we look at what's happening even on a spiritual level around the world mm. we go it looks like it's being run by a psychopath. Mm. And if anything, the, you know, the enemy of God portrayed in scripture and tradition is exactly that. There is a, you know, there is a, uh, you know, uh, you know, for a lot of cultures, a lot of way of thinking, the satanic realm, the enemy realm, the other realm is that of the chaos is that mm. of, you know, ultimate, yeah. you know, um, destruction, yeah. ultimate, you know, serving oneself, all those type of things. I think you can lay that on top of the corporation and yeah. go, there's a total spiritual element to this as well. Yeah, there's, well, and, and that's, this is, uh, this is the thing that we want to talk about today yeah. because I think that can be, um, that can be taken in, in wrong ways as well, and, and responded to, uh, and, in the and, wrong that, way. and that's my point. So I love, I love the fact that you've covered, you, we've ticked that box and looked at the world, world there, <laughs> and looked at the thing of the philosophy. So let's come to actual, you know, the theology and what the Bible says, because it seems, it seems to you're able to cherry pick, you know, from scriptures, mm. you know, from different scriptures about who is actually in control. If we, you know, we, we, we look at some of the scriptures that that Jesus talks about, uh, you know, Jesus often uh, talks about, you know, the ruler of this world. Uh, you know, in, yeah. in, in especially in John, in John chapter twelve, uh, Jesus is talking about you know his ministry and what he has to do, and he says, "Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out, and when I am lifted up from the earth to draw all people, you know, da 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 da." He was talking about what type of person. Mm. So he's obviously saying, "Well, there's a ruler of this world. Yeah, it's not him. Yeah, it's something else." Uh, you know, uh, in Second Corinthians, then, but then some people. Well, would, but he does say that the ruler of this world has been driven out. Yeah. So, so, then, so we have to talk about there's in that what in, sense exactly yeah, in right. what sense because some people will say, "Okay, since the death of Christ on the cross, since the you know yeah. the message of the gospel." Yeah. Since this has happened, we are able to stand in that and the enemy has been defeated. The enemy and yeah. death has been defeated by Christ yeah. on the cross and we can stand it. And you go, well, hang on. Paul and the other apostles still talked. Yeah, like, like Peter talks about, you know, the devil uh, prowling around like a roaring lion. Yeah, seeking him, him and, and, and you know, and Paul says that you know, if, even if our in in Second Corinthians, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing, among whom the God of this age has yeah. blinded their minds to believe. And it's like, well, hang on, is he the God of this age yeah. now? Uh, you know, First John, the Apostle John again says, um, you know, we know not everybody is fathered. Father by God does not sin, da-da-da. You know, God protects those who he is fathered. Um, the evil one cannot touch him. Mm. 
and we know that who are from God and the whole world lies in the power mm. of the evil one. Mm. And it's like, well, wait a minute, John's writing this many years after Christ's yeah, yeah, death. That's right. So, so you know, the book of Hebrews mentions it as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, let's let, let's. What's okay, the right, yeah, that's good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good way to start. So, you know, as with all of these things, yeah. um, let's go back to the big picture worldview. Let's go back to the beginning. I mean, you know, uh, let's start at the beginning of the Bible. It's always the good place to start. It sets it all up. That sets it up. So, uh, you know, we have to go back to Genesis chapter one, and we have to look at what's happened there, yeah. and then we have to have a well, Genesis one and two, and then we have to go look at Genesis chapter three and see what happens there and see what changes. Okay, Are you with me on that plan? That's a I'm, good plan. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. loving, I'm I, loving. I, it. you know, always big picture. Like let's let's just uh, let's just get the big picture things yeah. uh, in place. So, what we uh, what we discover in uh, and in, in Genesis chapter 1, is a sovereign God. Let's first of all uh, state that, uh, and because in its day, um, there were people understood that there were many gods, but uh, Genesis chapter 1 is making uh, a pretty amazing claim yeah. uh, that there is one true God. It doesn't deny that there are other spiritual beings in some sense playing God. Yes. Uh, but, uh, but there is one creator God, and because often, of course, in the ancient world, uh, you know, the stars were seen as gods and the moon and the, the sun and the yes. sea and so forth. But the, the writer of, uh, of Genesis is counterculturally, I may say, saying, no, no, none of these things are God. There is one true God and yep. he created everything. It's like stunningly countercultural uh, for its time. Uh, and so, so we have this picture of a sovereign creator of all things. Yeah. Who uh, who rules the world and and actually that theme throughout Scripture the theme of the sovereignty of God is a fairly constant. Uh, so you know the nations are doing this and that and worldly powers are doing this and that, but ultimately God is sovereign over yeah. everything. So and and those verses, I mean, for every verse I can find about you know Satan being a ruler yeah, yeah. Or, or the power of the prince, prince of the power, you know, all these different things, there are a hundred verses yeah, yeah. in Scripture, both Old and New Testament, yeah. about the sovereignty, the ultimate sovereignty. Yeah, that's right. The sovereignty beyond what we, we can even imagine yeah. of yeah. the Lord God. Look, yeah, look, one of the basic confessions of uh, of. The pe people, I mean, I'm, I mean, this is in the Psalms, but remember the Psalms are also the songs of the New Testament church. Yeah. Uh, is the Lord reigns. It's mm, just repeated yes. again yeah. and again and again in yeah. the Psalms. The Lord reigns yeah. over the whole earth, yeah. over all the nations. Yes. Right? Um, so, uh, so that's the first thing. Uh, and that's affirmed throughout the Bible from beginning uh, to end, uh, irrespective of the period or as you might want to say the dispensation oh <laughs> the word came uh, yeah. out of your mouth you didn't uh, have to shake there and, man. that was uh, great okay so uh, but what we see also in genesis chapter one hmm. is that god puts human beings in charge in some sense yes uh so he he has the lord you know with his creation and especially with humankind yeah. has an idea of relationship has yeah. an idea of wanting to work and build yeah. with them we, I mean, it still blows my mind that that's yeah. even a thought in his head, but he, 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 he wants to do that by empowering us and yeah. giving us some sort of level of responsibility and authority. Yeah, that's right. It's right yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, rule over, rule yeah. over the earth. Yeah, God says, and yeah. so, uh, and and the idea of us being in God's image. I mean, it's it's an indication of 
uh, God as our divine father, um, but it's also an indication of us as the representatives of God yeah. uh, on the earth. Okay, so we are uh, we are put in charge, and it's real empowerment, which means that God is in a sense committing to working in the world through us, with us, through us, in, yeah. in some sense. Okay, so, and the other the other idea to sort of bring bring this back to the idea that I you know you, you even bring it back to the corporation idea, yeah, that. There is in Genesis it's sort of presented, and I think this is a very ancient worldview that you know that God, you know, having created everything, part of that creation process that He shows us in Genesis is that He creates a neutral, as far as moral or anything yeah. like that, a neutral chaotic substance, you know, or whatever mm. you want to call it. I'm not <clears throat> probably using the right sort of words, but He He brings order. Out yeah, of that that's chaos. right. Yeah. He brings order yeah. out of that neutral chaos. Yeah. But pretty quickly, and you know, that's yeah, our, yeah. our images, yeah. that's part of our images yeah. of God, that we are here supposedly, you know, supposed to, I think part of our divine image is, you know, being, you know, in his image is that we want to bring some sort of order to our chaos as well, to yeah. our world. But then very quickly, we are introduced to the fact that there is a, another type of chaos, which yeah. is evil which yeah. is an evil type of chaos that wants to ruin the order wants to bring yeah. drag things which is which in a way is um that 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 uh trajectory to chaos in a sense is the essence of of, of i mean you know uh the, the, the sort of chaos that is described, you know, the watery chaos, yes. and it doesn't use those terms actually. So no. we are that there's kind of a interpretation in the light of the ancient world. There's yes. concern about order and chaos it was a yes. big deal in the ancient world, and we see that reflected in, in Genesis chapter one. Um, but th th there's also this kind of association with evil, with the forces of chaos, with the forces taking things towards chaos. Yes. Because God is God is always moving towards order. And when he puts us in charge, it becomes very clear that our job is to uh, is to maintain and uh, exp and uh, develop God's order yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, um, so. Uh, and by and by order, I want to stress: people might be listening to this, or you might you might be listening to this, and you're not a Christian, and you're going order. How boring does that sound? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. We're talking very loosely. The concept of a godly order is things as it should be, and yeah. and, and blossoming and prosperity. Yeah. So and, think of the think of the finely tuned ecosystems and, yeah. and these, you know, the finely tuned universe. This is yeah. you know something that that uh, people have always marvelled at, and and of course, you know, one of the big problems today is the issue of mankind messing up that order yes. well that's yeah. that's a story that goes right back to genesis 3 yeah. that we'll talk yeah. about now so um uh so what happens what we get then in genesis 3 of course of course is the account of the fall and and the way that that's pitched is is god's order flipped uh, on its head so uh we get introduced to this character satan yeah uh who, which which isn't his name no no it's the accuser yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is, uh, well, well, he, well it, it actually um is the the serpent yeah. in you know uh, in Genesis uh, I mean it's that's um, he's kind of identified later on yeah um, but uh, and, but Satan means adversary doesn't yeah, it that's yeah, right. yeah yeah so he's yeah he adversary is, that's right yeah. yeah he's he's he is a you know adversary yeah. you know you know yeah, and right. later yeah. on becomes the adversary yeah. uh, you know to 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 God's people but in in the introduction you know of the snake in the garden or the serpent in the garden he is he is 
a Satan, you know, yeah. or, you know, we, we believe that he was the, you know, the Satan, yeah. uh, you know, to come in. And he he is the first idea of this evil wanting to break yeah. down the good. Yeah. So so the question is, who is this and, you know, yeah. where, where did he come from? And uh, so um, in to cut a long story short, uh, the serpent Satan is a fallen spiritual being. We 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 know of the existence of other spiritual beings. Uh, they they are part of God's creation. Uh, they they're not systematically described in the Bible. They're just assumed. It's like well, everyone knows that yeah. there are other spiritual <laughs> beings. And and in in fact, what the, what the, the Bible assumes that people already know that there are other spiritual beings. Yeah. What the Bible is saying is that they're not the true God. There is a God over all spiritual beings. There's one who created. Yeah, as all. the Psalms often say, you know, uh, it talks about God over, above all gods. Yeah. And and the Elohim is a word that's often used to describe spiritual beings yeah okay yeah, so yeah. um like the spiritual being of all spiritual yeah that's beings. right yes, yeah yes. and that's god that's yeah. right the ultimate spiritual being so uh so so what we what we have in the serpent or satan is a fallen spiritual being now this is an interesting thing and let me let me suggest um let me suggest a scenario here and uh and and i'll um, and and you, you tell me if I'm going in wild. This is oh, wild this speculation. Is, I'll, I'll happily sit in judgment <laughs> yeah, of this. This is great. Right. This is great. Okay. So, so you know, um, you're a, uh, a spiritual being rebels against. You would expect they would be destroyed straight away. Yeah. Uh, however, something very clever seems to be happening in Genesis chapter 3 mm. because God has just given genuine authority to mankind over the earth. So it seems like, okay, this is just, a, it seems like Satan, uh, the accuser, the serpent, uh, this spirit, this fallen spiritual being, uh, so, okay, I want to rebel against God, uh, but if I can get, if I can get this child of God, if I can get humankind to rebel against, join my rebellion, mm. then in some ways I can, I can be sheltered in the realm that he has been given authority of it, because mm. that authority is a genuine authority. Like what mankind chooses mm. for his realm, that's what mankind is going to get. So, so it becomes possible that this is the the extent of this empowerment of God. It becomes possible that humankind could create for themselves a kind of hell, essentially, yeah. if they don't. You know, he. And, and in fact, what we actually see in the Bible is that that's exactly what he creates. Now it's interesting that God doesn't say, "Oh, oh, oh yep, you messed that, you messed that up," and just stop it and start again, mm. because no, God empowered them, and and so th it's very important that empowerment means that you let the consequences flow. Yeah. Mankind chose something, and that's what that's what happens. Mm. Uh, that's the level of empowerment. So, uh, so you know, um, so if He can tempt humankind to join his rebellion then essentially he is in some sense sheltered he, he it's like he he it's in, in a parasitic sense yeah. draws on his empowerment and makes it and satan through his influence on humankind yeah. so if he can cut humankind off from god which means bringing mankind out from under the authority of god which creates an authority vacuum makes yeah. him vulnerable okay to Influence Satan, of course, is able to fill that vacuum and be that influence. Yeah, uh, and so and so that's what, in a sense, the temptation is: draw you out from under the authority of God, mm. uh, where 
cut you off from God, and then it's and, and then Satan becomes the major the, the major influence. So, and, and the reason why I say that is because, as you said before, Jesus uh, refers to Satan as the prince of this world. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. Now, who who was originally meant to be the prince of this world? Yeah. Yeah. Humankind, right? That that's like, I mean, mm. uh, clearly, um, we, we were the, you know, the re, the vice regent. The, I mean, well, the regents, or yeah. uh, I mean, you could probably say the prince of this world if God, we understand God as the great king. king. Yeah. So, so there's some sense there in which in which Satan has taken something from us and made it his own, but but always through us, in a sense. Mm. Mm. Okay. How are you going with this so far? Well, I think, uh, yeah, no, no, no. This, this, it is making sense, but there's. I'm, I'm putting a lot of theological pieces uh, together here yeah. to draw up this picture. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, allusions to Satan's fall in Isaiah and yes. Ezekiel and so forth, mm. and, and mm. so I'm just putting a few pieces together. I'm also, I'm also putting together the piece. Uh, this idea of Satan as the accuser, mm. wanting to keep human beings. Uh, kind of separated from God. I'm yeah. thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of Job chapter one. Yes. You know, the accuser comes and and accuses Job. Yeah. Uh, and 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 he's got he's got a lot invested in, um, in you know, uh, in keeping Job guilty in some sense. Yeah. Because if Job is truly a godly man, then Satan no longer has power over him, and that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. I'm I'm liking this. Um, I've got a couple of questions about it. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back to oh, answer what? these questions. <laughs> Do you like that? You and your breaks. <laughs> we'll take a quick back quick break and we'll come back and answer this question. Who rules the world? Family, it's your old mate DJ Payne here, and I am prayerful that you are getting a lot out of this episode of Thrive Perspectives. Now, there's something very. Whoa, hang on. Hey, oh, I know what that sound is. That is the listeners. Special, special offer. offer. That's right. We've got a listener's special offer. This is very exciting. Hang on. The team is sending me a piece of paper. I'm getting handed a piece of paper right now with the listener's special offer on it. What is this? Oh, I can't believe they're doing this. This is it. This is a great one. You probably know that Matthew Jacoby has written a book. It's called Deeper Places, The Spirituality of the Psalms. It's a beautifully written book that takes you on a journey deeper into your relationship with God through the Psalms. Now, what you might not have known is that we have filmed a video series for Deeper Places, and it is fantastic 
if I do say so myself. Now, what the Deeper Places video series is, is a seven-part video that you watch as either, you know, an individual reading through the book or you might be doing it as a small group or as a Bible study or as a connect group and you're going deeper into the book together through the videos. It's a really wonderfully put-together program. So you can do it individually or you can do it together. Now, the seven sessions, I want to give you some of the titles of the seven sessions because it'll give you a sense of how real and deep this series is. Session one is all about spiritual apathy. Session two, the pursuit of sadness. Session three, anger management. Session four, faith complains. Session five, the waiting room. Session six, the rest of worship. And the final session, session seven, the praise of enjoyment. Oh, This series is good. It's Matthew at his best. And in fact, our very own Benita, the lovely voiceover lady, introduces the videos here. And I want to play you a little bit of her introduction into how you can use this into a group session. There are seven study sessions in the Deeper Places video series, each around 20 minutes in length. At the end of each session, Matthew facilitates a discussion around the session. And these are supported by printable discussion starter sheets. The discussion starter sheets can be downloaded from the thrivetoday.net.au website. Finally, there is a standalone introductory session to this series. In this shorter video presentation, Matthew outlines the subject matter of the seven sessions and the process for your group members to get the best from this resource. You can show this introduction to your group at the same time as session one. However, we would strongly encourage you to view this short introduction together as a group a week or so before you begin session one. This will allow people to get to know each other. All right, now I might be a little bit biased, but isn't Benita the wonderful voiceover lady just wonderful? Now, what you need to do to take hold of this special offer, this is only good till the end of September 2021. Head over to thrivetoday.tv, thrivetoday.tv, our home on the web, and right at the top of the page, look for a little bar that says Listener's Special Offer. If you click on that, That'll take you to the Deeper Places video series. It'll tell you all about it, and it is 50% off. Half price for anybody using the code THRIVE. So you can click on select, you add it to your cart, and when you check out, use the code THRIVE, the coupon THRIVE, and you get 50% off. Now, the incredible thing, the video series normally price is so cheap at $20 Australian. If you're in Australia, it's $20. So it's only $10 for this seven-part video series. It is great in-depth teaching from our very own Magicopia. You could do it as a family Bible study. You could do it by yourself. You could do it just as a husband and wife or just maybe your neighbours. Whoever you want to do it with, I think it's going to be great. I cannot believe it. Listener special offer, 50% off the deeper places video series just use the coupon code thrive and it's on till the end of september 2021 how good is that all right that's enough from me let's get back into thrive perspectives You 
You're on Thrive Perspectives. You're old mate DJ Payne here with Matthew Jacoby. And we're wrestling through this biblical, theological worldview question of who rules the world? Who rules this earth? Uh, you know, we've heard it said that, you know, God is sovereign, but we've also heard it said that Satan rules the world. So we're taking a big picture. We're zooming, you know, you know, zooming into Genesis, sort of taking a big consideration of what's going on. And Matthew, you've you've outlaid, uh, you know, outlined a, a little bit of, a, you know, looking at Genesis of, of this Satan character coming in mm. and setting up, it's almost like God as the ruler or, or the king of the universe has decided that on this planet Earth, he will set up two, uh, you know, two human beings to be, you know, his his people in charge. He will mm-hmm. not 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 as a contract, but as a as a faithful relationship type of thing. I want you guys in charge for me. Obey me, and you will have authority and everything. That's you right. know, yeah, on, yeah. on the earth there. But then Satan comes along, and if it was a contract sort of rips up the contract, gets them to break the contract so that he can sort of absorb some sort of sort of authority. Yeah, sort of. I mean, but they 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 don't lose in in one sense they don't lose their their authority. Okay. Like they and and this I think this is part of the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. In answer to the question who rules the world. God is sovereign, but in some sense very in a very important sense we rule the world still. Okay. Like making a mess of it. Like human beings. See, l- lest we say, oh, the devil made me do it, or, or the, you know, like human beings yes. have, we have the world that we created. Yes. Now, we did it under influence because when we come out from under God's authority, we create an authority vacuum over our lives, right? A vacuum of influence uh, to which we, we, we don't have the strength to be able to resist that in and of ourselves, right? Nevertheless, we're still making choices, and those choices are determining the world in which we live. Yeah. So, uh, in some sense, in the same in the same way as you know, God chose to work on Earth through human beings. It, by cutting us off from God, Satan has gained power in in a sense over mankind uh, through weakening 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 him in that separation from God okay. and that power of influence. So in the same way, Satan is able in some sense to work through humankind through that uh, influence. So that that would bring and again, I love I I, and I, I agree with you, Matt. I, I I love the fact that you're you know you really are skipping not skipping but uh, what are, distilling a lot of verses and theology yeah, yeah, that's right. in, in that's the Bible, right. and and this is not to say by the because that sounds you know I mean we're all under the power of the devil. No. Well, um, well, this there is, is like, like the verse that I read out of Second uh, Corinthians, Paul saying, and I think this speaks to that authority yeah, yeah. vacuum. Um, Even the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing, among among whom the God of this age has blinded the mind yeah. of those who do not believe. Yeah. So once you do not believe, you cut off. Yeah your connection to God, well, then there is another God, small g, who wants to come along and, and, and inform you. That's right. Yeah. So, so what, you know, what is happening to humankind is, is a, is a kind of distortion of so much that was created good. Because remember, we were created good. This is an important, um, one thing that's misunderstood about the notion of, uh, I guess, as it's put, the, the the total depravity of humankind to, yep. to use a, a reformed uh, Calvinistic, idea. Yep. Uh, that that is, you know, that is completely sound mm-hmm. in my mind. But that doesn't mean that uh, human beings 
uh, are in essence uh, bad. Yes. Because sometimes that, that's the way that, uh, that human beings are essentially, that their yeah. very essence is sin. Is yeah. sin no, no. We, we essentially are created good. Yeah. You know, uh, and and we see that goodness uh, coming through in many different ways yep. uh, in society. It's just that we that it's it is uh, corrupted. This is speaking about when, when um, uh, reformed theologians, like for example uh, Herman Barvink, uh, and it was actually uh, the really iconic reformed theologian Herman Barvink that in his uh, book on theology makes this point actually that l- let's not think that we are essentially in essence yeah. sinful no no he said we're in we, we, we are essentially good yeah. but corruption has had uh, has had a pervasive effect you know it's like that little in, in a pure glass of war a little bit of poison yeah you know it kind of r- reaches everything and uh, yeah and that's why the picture of the picture of the serpent in the garden is such a rich one, though, you know, he's not yeah. biting people and poisoning yeah, yeah. people. But when you think of a serpent, you think of poison, you think of yeah. a, a snake bite. Yeah. And it's that idea of just that one drop of poison, that one, you know, uh, contamination yeah. has, has, you know, contaminated right. the entire yeah. human race. Yeah. So, so we, we have this, so we have this deep inbuilt compulsion to do good but we kept getting we kept being we kept getting drawn into the and putting this of course paul talks about in romans romans 11 uh, sorry romans 7 chapter 7 you know that that we do that there is this because we're created good and we see this in the world around us you know uh people uh people are created inherently good and they want to do good but the point is mate is that there is this this powerful corrupting influence in human nature mm. com- continually draws us in the wrong direction yeah and twists our even idea of what good is yeah that's right you know so yeah, no yeah. longer is the good yeah, exactly the, the standard yeah. that what god has yeah. set up the idea of we want to do good but we've been so twisted by the culture by what's within us by all these different things that it you know now the idea of good is even twisted yeah so, so so, so we, so this is the, so we, we've got these ideas then, that okay, God is sovereign. God doesn't stop being sovereign yeah. uh, all the way. And yeah. and what we see in the Bible is that God uh, then mounts a plan for the salvation of humankind. And God is going to work th- even through this, the fall and and the the the, uh, the fall of man and yeah. the temptation that we see happening in Genesis chapter three. Satan, in a sense. Uh, separating humankind from God, having this power of influence over uh, mankind because of the the vulnerability, uh, the state of vulnerability yes. uh, uh, that mankind is in, and is able to corrupt uh, the, in a sense, the um, the very uh, structures of of human community and society yes. and the planet, even you know, yeah. a, as we're very much aware of uh, in our own day, and uh, and so, but. Through all of this, God is promising, and yet I'm sovereign. I'm going to work through all of this and bring it to a greater good. At so the end. when, so again, just so let's be clear here, because I, I know there is teaching out there that when, you know, there's this sort of idea that when the fall of man took place, and you know, man, mankind sort of gave up. Mm. Oh, no, gave up is not the right word. They used their authority. They mm. used their responsibility to sort of bring Satan into the mix in, yeah. the, in the sense yeah. and, and step out from the shelter, from the relationship, the covenant with God. Yeah. They sort of stepped out of that. You know, they haven't given up. Mankind hasn't mm. given up their authority. So they are now, you know, uh, nothing. Yeah. They yeah. are still something yeah. though. 
without God, we've become slaves to sin. That's right. Is, so, yeah. So we're 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 using our our position over yes. the world yes. and and our you know because we have ability to influence each other powerfully and yes. that was meant for good. Yes. And we have a we, we are in a sense you could describe in ecological terms the keystone species yes. of the world. Yep. So we have a crucial role to play. It's just that when we're doing it we're doing it wrong now. <laughs> we're doing it because we're not doing it God's way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know and, and and that's the descent into chaos. Okay. So that's that's on that side. So we've got so now we've got on the on the chessboard here. Um, we've got you know we've got a chessboard, have we? we well, I'm just thinking visually okay, in my yeah, mind. Yeah. You know, we have man, we have mankind, man, yeah. men, and, men and women. Uh, you know, they're together. We have this adversary that mm. we're calling Satan. You know, that is uh, not just one individual, but we, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a force or a team mm. or a whatever spiritual force there. And then we have God, the sovereign King mm. over everything. I've literally witnessed preachers talk about the fall or talk about when man, you know, uh, you know, brought Satan into the mix and what Satan did, that God sort of was like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I've what, like. Yeah, oh, now I've got to come up with something. Now I've got to come up with and I'm going to have to, and now whatever man says goes because I'm sort of, I've given and I can't step in and if Satan's, oh. Yeah, Yeah, it's almost like God gets a surprise when. Yeah. You know, I do this, and then that doesn't. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Why, you know, yeah. Just from a biblical point of view, uh, there is a sense in which uh, that's described like that because there's genuine interaction between yes. uh, between God and humankind, and there's genuine grief on God's part when we yeah. turn around, away and so forth. Uh, but it certainly isn't the case that. Uh, God is taken by surprise or or just always reactionary. Mm. Um, there's some sovereign perspective here that we can't fathom. Because we're creatures of time. That's right, because we, we're creatures of time. But God's outside of time. Yeah. And often those uh, those ways of thinking are operating within time and putting God too squarely yes. uh, within time. So so God wasn't surprised by it. He, he, you know, he knew this was going to happen. Uh, he, he's aware of it and he had a plan from the very beginning and that plan you know obviously is the gospel is the person yeah. of you know the person of the Godhead uh, you know becoming incarnate in flesh as Jesus Christ yeah. uh, you know as a human to to live a perfect life to show mm. us the way to uh, you know die for our sins to to break that now what does it do now here's the next part of the question yeah, yeah. if we understand you know that that transaction that's happened you know from the beginning of time to the time of Christ mm. Christ comes along he names Satan as the yeah, ruler yeah. Lord of the earth he names you know the enemy is death he mm. names you know these things being you know opposed to what God what does he do on the cross in relationship mm. to this who rules the world. Yeah, good. That's that's the next big question. So remember the thing that holds people under Satan's influence is is the authority vacuum, okay? They and because they're separated from one, they can't get back. Yeah. Okay. And and so Satan ha- actually has and and there's a uh, there's a sense in which Satan is very legalistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's working with he always distorts. God makes a covenant, and I mean, the, probably the right word, the creation covenant. Yes. Perhaps let's call it that. He will always work to distort that, or work to somehow find a loophole or something that he can exploit. A great example of that is the temptation. Yeah. Of Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah. From Satan in the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, Satan doesn't, you know, 
Satan quotes scripture. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, quite, Satan yeah, knows yeah. what is going <clears throat> yeah, on. That's right. And and you know, the thing is, Satan, you know, the last temptation, he's offering him any everything. Yeah, I'll, that's offer, right. I'll give you the whole world. Yeah. The whole world is mine. Yeah. You, you just bow to me and I get yeah, that's right. Let's so, so in a sense, uh the, the the claim that Satan makes as prince of this world is is in some sense is is a is a right I've used this carefully is a rightful claim in the sense that it's it's like a wrong rightful claim I don't know if yeah. that makes sense yes because God gave human beings authority yeah and human beings effectively gave him authority so yeah. he yeah. so in a sense he can say oh no they they gave me permission yeah by by yielding to my temptation effectively they have given me permission so every time we yield to satan's temptation there's a sense of permission giving we open a door of influence with yeah. there's a and so so there's this constant claim oh no they gave me permission mm-hmm. and 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 often often satan will trick us into giving permission this is you know when you get into a cult and you know uh things like all of the all the different tricks of you know giving satan uh permission in you know family lines and 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 uh people's lives and it's 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 all very legalistic you know so so there's this kind of claim uh that and and but it all it all depends on human beings being separated from god and being in this state of uh, of um weakness and and temptation so here's the thing if so so what what Jesus does then, of course, is that he breaks the guilt that keeps human beings separate. Because because what Satan is, as the accuser, he's pointing to their guilt, That's saying right. that guilt is my certificate. Yeah, I've got something you know over I mean? you. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm allowed to be here. Yeah, and he holds up the guilt certificate. Yeah. Now. So Jesus takes away the guilt, yes, which is like taking away his certificate of yeah. ownership over that person. Yeah. And therefore, if it's taking away his certificate of ownership over that person, it's taking away his right to influence through that person. Yeah, because remember, Satan's authority is a der- is he's taken that from mankind. Yeah. So um, I've, I've once heard it described like this, Matt. To comment on this, uh, specifically talking about the, the temptation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, in the wilderness by Satan. Satan is is lying with the truth, like he's using the yeah. truth to tell a lie. Yeah. And what we see is, you know, is we see with all of it is that, especially with the last one, is that Satan is actually telling a lie. Like the whole world is mine. I can get you, you yeah. bow to me. I'll give you anything. But the truth in the lie is that if if Jesus and this is this is yeah, the picture yeah. that I've gotten, and I really like it. I want you yeah, to comment yeah. on it. Is that if Jesus ad- agreed? with the lie, then the lie would be true. Then Satan would have the mm. world to give to to give to Christ. If Christ yeah, like Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If he it, yielded to that temptation. If he yeah. yielded to temptation, what Satan said, it wasn't true. But yeah. it but and the same way that he accuses yeah. us a lot of times, what he is saying isn't true. But when we agree with the lie, it's a self fulfilling yeah. manifestation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, okay. Yeah. That, I, no, that's I, I'm, that, I'm that's, giving <laughs> myself a tick here. I'm yeah. everyone, I've got a tick. I've got a <laughs> but but yeah, I, when, yeah. I, when I heard that illustration from a preacher that it was actually, you know, Satan was lying, and this is what he does. This is who he is. Mm. He's the accuser. He did it to Christ, lying, and then we. What we do is we believe the lie, yeah. and it becomes true. Yeah, that's right. And I, that to me 
lifted like yeah, the yeah. veil on the trick. Yeah, yeah, it was like right. you yeah. saw the magician's trick and it wasn't a trick yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's right. But and so, it's all about lies. I mean, yeah. this is the when you look. Uh, this is not like it's not like Satan has uh, some power to just come and yeah. and grab a hold of. Uh, no, it actually has to be through lies. Yeah. He has to do it through lies. He has yeah. to trick us into actually yielding ourselves to him. Right. Mm. So um, and and of course we do that by yielding to temptation. And yeah. and of course without without the covering of you know he who dwells in the sh- uh, shelter of the Most High will will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Right. Yeah. Uh, and because of course that's Psalm ninety one. It goes on to say, uh, you know, and you will crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. You know. Uh, tread on the if scorpions. you rest under the authority yeah. of God, yeah. you can tr- you can crush the head of the serpent. Psalm yeah. ninety one. Right. Yeah. And uh, which is interesting that that. You referred to Matthew chapter four and the temptation. Yeah. One of the one, one of the things that Satan quotes is, is Psalm yeah, ninety one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I mean, he wants to twist that one, right? Because that's that's a that's a death blow. Yeah. There's a death blow oh, in that psalm. So if we can twist that one, yeah. So um, so so there's so if we if we because we're out from under that covering, that's what creates that vulnerability. So if the guilt is taken away, that the the sort of ownership certificate, yeah. and we're reconciled with God. Then, then, now, in that space, we can we still are, we can still yield to temptation. Yeah, and, and that's where it's very it's very important that we yes. don't. Uh, but but we are under God's covering. Yep, we are filled with God's spirit, and yes. we have the strength. Right, we, we 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 have the strength to withstand that temptation. So just like when we understand... Because there's not that authority vacuum over our life anymore. Okay, so so when we understand this principle that was given to Adam and Eve right from the very beginning and it has been given to, as we read through Genesis, all the patriarchs Mm. and then from there to every king, you know, to every person that God has used, there is a... I like to think of it as a relational contract or or what biblical people will talk Mm. about as a covenant where God will say... If you obey me, if you come under my shelter yeah. and do what I say, yeah. you are protected. Yeah, that's you are right. blessed. Yeah. You are okay. But you, I'm giving you the freedom and the authority yeah. and the responsibility to do that. If you decide to walk out of my shelter, yeah, that's right. It's your, it's on you. I don't want you yeah. to, but you can walk out there and decide that's whatever right. you and want. And Satan will work extra hard on those ones because yes. he wants to get them back. Yeah. Like extra hard. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so, uh, and that's where you know God, you know God is constantly saying to us, "You got to stick, you know, stick really close to me." And and um, and and but the, but here's the thing: even if we do step out, there's always grace to step back in because mm-hmm. there's no uh, um, there's no uh, exo- grace is inexhaustible. Okay. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh, so um, now it's still very dangerous because one, once we step out, we can we can kind of be so hardened that we can you know uh not actually come back yeah yeah uh, so um so but i think so so that's the so this is the this is the when when we when jesus brings us back under you know under the covering of god we, we then so straight away we're returned to our 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 position of um we're no we're no we're no longer under Satan's influence, but we actually have the ability now to uncover his lies and actually replace, um, uh, in some ways, to uh, um, to destroy his dominion because we're 
uh, you know, we're aware of his lies, as uh, as it says in uh, who as it says in the New Testament, is it Peter that says we're not unaware of the devil's oh, schemes, yes. or is it Paul that says that? Uh, you know, we're not unaware of the devil's schemes. Uh, so, uh, so the the establishment of God's kingdom is an, is is like light over darkness. It's light dispelling darkness. It's uncovering those lies. Is you don't have to um, remain in alienation and you don't have to remain under the influence uh, of Satan anymore. And so it's breaking that. Uh, it's breaking that so that we can uh, become uh, the, I guess, the people who bring the order of God again yeah. in the world. Okay, so, so let's answer the question. You know, so we've got we've got all these plays, and so we've seen the historical aspects. You know, Jesus Christ died. He broke. Yeah. You know, he broke he broke the lies. He 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 established uh, freedom from guilt. Yeah. As as Hebrews, yeah. you know, really points out. Um, you know, he was the ultimate sacrifice. Everything leading up to that point, every person yeah. obeying God had faith that God would one day do this ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. It happened in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, we who are living past that point are looking back to yeah. that historical point, and we're living, you know, living under that same shelter there, are living under that same, uh, you know, uh, mm. you know, that same truth. So now, yeah, in all of that, yeah, you know, we have these. Saved people, yeah. you know, us, the kingdom yeah. of God. You yeah. know, Jesus calls us the kingdom of God, his children living here on this earth. We still see that the apostles and the early church have taught us that Satan is still ruling. He's still doing his thing here on the planet. He's still got all the sway and all the people still following him. Um, and God is still sovereign over everything. Yeah. So who rules the world? Bill Gates. <laughs> No, just just joking. I, no, it's just that I saw. <laughs> I just saw a, a. You saw an opportunity there. No, no, I, I saw someone holding in in some crowd somewhere, and, and the, so I just thought I'd suggest that. But I don't think that's the case. So, uh, so the, the answer to that question is is a little multi layered yeah. in the sense that, in the most immediate sense, let, let's start from that point. In yep. the most immediate sense, we actually as human beings. We are actually in charge of the world. Like we, for better or for worse, we are in charge. Yeah. So uh, anything, anything that Satan does in in the world uh, in terms of creating chaos, he has to tempt us to do that. Now, apart from God, we are vulnerable to that temptation. Yeah. The same way that God wants to use us and be, God wants to have a relationship with us, so we can be His agents. Yeah, that's right. Of order, of order. That's right. And and His plan on the world. Satan is the reverse of that. He needs yeah. he needs agents, yeah. human agents, to do His chaos. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. In the world, exactly. And so, but over all of that, God is sovereign, and God is sovereignly saving people yeah. from that influence and that uh, and uh, and from that realm. Yeah. Uh, that that state of alienation in which we are vulnerable to Satan's influence, uh, and bringing us into His kingdom of light, yeah. and so we're able again to exercise the authority on earth that we were originally given, because we were created to rule the world. I mean, the, the, the way that we're phrased, who yeah. rules the world? Yeah. Well, in Genesis one, God says to man, "Rule over." Yeah. You know uh, the creatures of the earth and so forth. Okay, now I, I love the way that you've answered that, and this is you know we've taken all this time to get to yeah. the, to get to this answer. Um, but but yeah. let, actually, let me add something to yeah, that. Yeah, it's important to, to recognise that 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 the the rule, the authority of human beings was not an inherent authority, but a derived authority from God. Very okay? good point. So we derived it from God. Satan had even less, right? Yes. 
his authority is derived from us. Yeah. You know, it's and, like, and in by proxy derived from God as well. Yeah. So he's so, so and this is the you know it, when in Ezekiel and, and and Isaiah when it talks about Satan, it's always you know I will become like God. I mean, of course, that's the temptation mm. uh, to human beings, which is ironic because God created him to be in yeah. his likeness. Yes. Uh, but this is, you know, Satan kind of reaching to be, you know, to be God. And, and so in a sense, he's taking that divine authority mm. from God, like God gave it to human beings. Mm. And he thinks, oh, great. If I, I can tempt them, I can take it off them. Yeah. So uh, so any authority that Satan has is only, is only in a sense stolen from, in some sense, from human beings. Yeah. Last question. Last question. And this is where I want to clear up some people who might have, you know, have might have been different, taught different things in, in different churches or heard different things in different places. So the idea that, that you know, God is ultimately sovereign and, mm. you know, um, as in, as in like, Every decision is his decision. I yep. might think I'm making a decision, yep. but it's actually God is yep. ultimate sovereign, yep. you know, and everything. You know, well, we, you know, mm. I, I don't know if we can actually ascribe mm. that to, you know, my my choice to sin. Yep. I can't ascribe that to God. Yep. God, God doesn't yeah, tempt anyone. Right. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't create. And sin. I also can't uh, blame the devil for that. That's Great. where you were going next. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the next, okay. the next point. The next point as well. But the, but the other point that I've heard, you know, in, in looking at all of this is, okay, so um, Satan isn't ultimately in control of everything now. So we don't have to sort of bow and scrape and beg and bind and and you know scream against Satan mm. in every every instance because you know in the reality that you're showing from scripture we're standing in the place of, yeah, of, of, yeah. of authority god is ultimately sovereign satan is not sovereign but here's the question that some people might have had is that the next question then is well i've i've seen preachers stand up and say in my authority i do declare i decree that and they're standing up and decreeing things in the heavenlies and binding different mm. things and you know you know banging a stick on stage and saying i now because of the authority yeah. that god has given me in the you know and and claiming these great you know you know almost like magical spells over the mm. realm and and on this day you know across the land of australia a new mm. spirit you know, and it's like, uh, well, yeah. Ap apart from the stylistic, uh, yeah, <laughs> stylistic <laughs> elements. There. Well, I'm bringing, I'm bringing there it is, out because yeah, look, that's that's usually the type of time. There, there, I mean, there is it. There, there, I th and I think it's important for us to take s very seriously the sense that we actually do have authority. In fact, as you read the Book of Acts, um, you know, th there's a strong sense of of uh, of um, those. Uh, not just the apostles, but others yeah. uh, actually acting authoritatively, very much authoritatively, yeah. and in obedience to the Holy Spirit. That's right, yeah. in obedience to the Holy Spirit, and in the power of Jesus Christ, yeah. very much yeah. in the name. This is a very yes. important part. In the name of Jesus Christ, it's yeah. always in the name of Jesus. So this is this idea that it's not an inherent. It's not my author. I am wielding God's authority, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and I think that's that's an important uh, factor. Um, I, I, you know, in some, I mean. Um, the, the idea of you know declaring certain truths or um, uh, that's uh, I don't have a problem with that in the sense that in like for example in the priestly blessing we see that mirror the Lord bless you and keep yes, you there's a yes, sense of yes. authority yeah. to mediate and declare the blessings of mm. God and so forth and I, and I so I don't have a problem uh, no. with that you know when it starts to look like something that there's magic powers that I have yeah. that's that's when it 
it becomes distorted and and um, and just looks a little bit egotistical in, in that in that sense. Yeah. But but I um, I hear you. Yeah. I, 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 in in a way, uh, I I'm equally worried about the fact that we can be far too self-deprecating that's the other side of it you know uh when actually we have authority in christ you know and 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 we need to discover that and but yes that can turn into this sort of presumptive Hmm. uh it's like two banks of of the river you know we've got to keep in mind of what even jesus said i only do what i see my father in heaven doing right so he's completely he's he's demonstrating absolute uh obedience to god this sense of he's uh, he's modeling this sense of derived authority yeah um so so i think um to to as to draw it to close and and again coming back to the question um you know who who rules the world i mean you know when we when i look at look around us and, and I know lots of non-Christian people and I, and I would describe them as genuinely actually good people, right? Yeah. But the thing, the interesting thing is, is that collectively, this is the interesting thing, like, you know, take sort of the, av- let's think just the average Aussie, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they're just, they're good people, you know. True, you think true the, blue, yeah, fair, yeah, that's right, you know. yep. The problem is, is that, is that this, you know, we can say, yes, this is generally true, but the world still seems to be going down the tube, right? We can't seem to, you know, it's like collectively, like it's not that we're, it's not that we're, you know, let's destroy the world or there's any, you know, no one's sitting back saying let's destroy the world or let's, you know, that that kind of... Well... Well, yeah, well, yeah, maybe, <laughs> no, maybe the, there are some... Not the average, yeah, not the average but, bloke on the street. But I think, you know, we can have this caricature of evil, like there are these people sitting... No, it's actually collectively human beings uh, are, are just in 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 their state of alienation from God mm. are in a state of weakness a loss of authority where they are unable to maintain God's order to resist the temptation mm. of just you know everyday selfishness and and unable to live on the higher plane mm. to actually fulfill our function as the keystone species and without that the world descends slowly into chaos right mm. because everyone's everyone's thinking doing their own thing living in a fragmented life seeking their own dreams and desires and and that is the very definition of chaos right yeah, yeah. and that's why you know the the in, you know the environment is is completely messed up it's why you know economic systems you know regularly mess up it's why civilizations uh fall very soon after they rise that's uh, why this global civilization will do the same uh you know it's it's it, it's not because people are in in the hollywood sense evil yeah. uh actually no that there's a kind of normal level of human dysfunctionality in our fragmentation from each other and god by the fact that we have stepped down below our keystone role mm. uh that we're we're vulnerable to temptation and and the world by degrees just keeps going awry so so to wrap because it up because you know we were put in charge yeah. and we're we we have really messed up and this is the 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 big i guess the gist of scripture is that you know what we need to take responsibility that's good this that's what good. it comes down yeah it's we as human beings need to say, you know what? When we feel the when, when, when we feel the sting of the imperfections of the world in which we live, it's meant to actually say, oh, hang on, there's something wrong with the world. There's something wrong with us. Mm. Then. 
there's something wrong with me. And I take responsibility for who I am and for my dysfunction, for my separation. And I seek God's mercy. And through Jesus Christ, I find forgiveness and reconciled to God. And then I take responsibility for fulfilling the role that I'm given again in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you. So send us your big questions and ideas Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. was another DJP.FM production.